Mother-loving Future Show, hosted by Amber Strange and Jenna Penrose, two mothers and detectives dedicated to fully embodying a new paradigm of conscious parenting, deeper relationships, healing ourselves into radiant health, and epic answers to age-old enigmas. Get ready to get your mind blown, because this week's episode starts in three two, one. Blast off and welcome to the Mother Loving Future Show, everyone. It's Amber and Jenna here, and we are thrilled, excited, over the moon to have the brilliant mind of Kate Rosenberg with us today exploring how art heals hearts. Hi, Kate. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. This is such a fun topic. Are you guys excited? Yeah. I'm excited. I love this topic. I love art and I love healing. Two of my favorite things in the world. Double whammy. Double wham. There we go. Doesn't get better than that. <laughs> Except a triple whammy. That's true. So we'll, we'll be working on that. Before we get even further into this incredible topic and episode, I'm really proud to announce that this episode's sponsor is a brand that is bringing relaxation and regeneration to everyone they meet. Cured Nutrition. Cured makes gorgeous, high-quality hemp and CBD products that can really enhance your daily routine. More on this later, but for now, use our exclusive discount code MLF at checkout for $10 off the first purchase of $50 or more at curednutrition.com. Obsessed with this brand. Totally. Like genuinely down to my heart and bones. I promise you this, you will never regret looking at this brand. Absolutely. (laughs) Okay. Now, where were we? You were going to introduce Kate to our audience. Yes. So Kate is an associate psychotherapist and artist currently living in Los Angeles, California. She earned her BA in studio art at Oberlin College and her master's degree in art psychotherapy at Pratt Institute. She was additionally trained in metalsmithing at the Jewelry Arts Institute, film at Tisch, NYU, ceramics at Full Circle Pottery, and psychodynamic psychotherapy at the Maple Counseling Center. How cool are those credentials, guys? So cool. Kate Kate currently works with clients in private practice in Los Feliz and Santa Monica and sells her ceramic work in boutiques and museum stores around the world. Additionally, Kate teaches art as therapy workshops internationally and is currently working on a book about artists and their own therapy practice. Spiritual clap. Wow. (laughs) Spiritual clap. Come on. Everyone give us a click. (laughs) Woo! There it is. Hey, you are just a walking art piece yourself and channeling art with whatever you touch. This is brilliant. All of us are. That's true. We are. And I love looking Uh at life through that lens. Yeah. Definition, Jenna? But really awesome. Yeah. So so this is my definition on our topic today, which is how art heals hearts. So, oh, and my... Maisie, I'm about to... Hi, Maisie. Look at that timing. (laughs) What's she, what's she up to? Come on, tell us. Uh, I'm, well, I've just, she's eating some snacks right now and hopefully they're going to last for this whole hour. <laughs> Motherhood multitasking. I love it. Keeping it real, people. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. Definition. 
Art is a way to witness the invisible within ourselves, our hidden emotions, our emotional blockages, our deepest frustrations, expressions of our missions, our unquenchable passions. Art is a beautiful way. Hi, Nate. I'm talking about art. Art is a beautiful way to release an outlet all of our repressed energies, wrapping the disastrous parts of ourselves up into perfect packages, making all the suffering we've gone through seem like it hasn't really been in vain. That's a beautiful definition. Where'd you find that? She's a what? I wrote it. Thank you. gorgeous. Yeah. Beautiful. Kate, do you have anything to add to that poetic definition? I mean, I suppose we'll just, you know, go into it throughout the interview, but I think that was a really nice synopsis. Beautiful. Well, let's get straight into it. Tell us a little bit about how you got into this wonderful world of art therapy. Yeah. So, I mean, I would first call myself an artist. Um, Ever since I was a small child, I was, you know, doing clay or painting and using that as my own form of healing. So if I would hear my parents fighting, I would just obsessively glue sequins on shoe boxes and it was my own way of processing things um and then later I studied studio art at Oberlin College as Jenna pointed out and then worked a bit in the art world and just um became disinterested in the competition of the art world you know it can oftentimes be quite nasty and after my own medical scare Um, I found myself wanting to use art to help heal others. Um, So that's kind of my transition or segue into it. And I went to Pratt for um, school and for um, graduate work in art psychotherapy and worked with adults with intellectual disabilities and then in pediatric hospitals for a while. And now I'm mostly working with normal neurotic adults I suppose you could say in, a, in other words every adult the average human basically yeah yeah I'm I'm really curious to know when was the moment where you connected the dots for art being a therapy because I know when I was growing up art was just an elective and it was more a technique that you're learning but it was never really delivered as a form of healing and therapy and a deeper expression of your subconscious so when was the moment that you related to it in that way? Um, I mean, again, I think as a small child, just as for my own healing purposes, um, I just found that it self-soothed. Did you ever do art on your own or was it mostly just like a formal thing at school? No, it was always really just a formal thing at school. And I'm wondering if my parents were uh, you know, any parents listening to this podcast may change their lens on the power of art. But if my parents had been more savvy to the therapeutic benefit of art, they may have set me up and encouraged that and had that more readily available for me. And maybe that would have developed because I'm definitely artistic. It's just, I think nature, nurture, environment, all that stuff really can play a part in it. Yeah, I'm surprised too because I knew that you had mentioned that your mother's an artist. So she is. Yeah, she's a brilliant artist. And as we were talking before, I think that it's an innate human characteristic to express themselves. And art doesn't have to look like a set of paintbrushes mm-hmm. and paint, 
It can be how you dress yourself and do your makeup and how you style your home and how you even, and correct me if, if I, if you feel like you have a totally different opinion, but even how you prepare a meal, what, what's your opinion on how, um, we can all be expressing ourselves in our unique way? I mean, like, yes, it comes from the smallest little thing, as you said, to like picking out your clothes. Um, When I'm talking about art, too, I'm not just talking about visual art. Like you can dance, you can, you know, take a moment to dance while your kids are, you know, resting. You can sing um, interior design, like you mentioned that you do sometimes. Like every aspect of your life incorporates art and creativity. Mm, Beautiful. And what I know that you work with, as you mentioned, humans, complex humans, which involves all of us. <laughs> what would a session with you involve? Yeah, so <clears throat> I go about it in a couple ways. Um, unfortunately, I feel, and this is probably what you were mentioning earlier in terms of like art being a very technical thing, I find that a lot of adults nowadays, they're intimidated to do art because oftentimes as children in school environments, our pieces are put up against other pieces and we're compared and um, people very early on develop an insecurity around making art. Um, so first of all, I want to create a sense of like ease and comfort and like a peaceful holding environment for people who want to explore it. So oftentimes, if people are apprehensive to do it, I'll say, just make marks on a piece of paper, and that will show what your internal experience will look like externally. Um, Mm. But in terms of like a formal session, um, there's a woman named Pat B. Allen, and I recommend her book. It's called Art is a Spiritual Practice, and she's an art therapist, and she developed this method called Open Studio Method. And basically what you do with your client is you set an intention. So an intention could be, I want to explore or I am exploring love. I'm exploring anger. I'm exploring like my new medical diagnosis. And then for the following 40 minutes after you've established an intention to create an image of that. Um, and then oftentimes I'll put on music or we'll sit quietly and all, oh, <laughs> and people will create an image of their intention. And then after that, I'll ask them to witness their piece or to write about everything that they see in their piece and then to read it out loud so that it really becomes an internal and then an external experience. And then if there's time, we'll go over their piece together. Mm. Oh my gosh, that sounds beautiful. So is that a way of the unconscious kind of calling the unconscious thoughts or traumas or feelings of that person to express themselves in more of a tangible form for those who may not have the words to express what's going on for them? Absolutely. That's one way of doing it. And oftentimes I'll also give a person a directive or an experiential which, you know, after having gotten to know a person and and understanding what they're going through, I'll cater a specific directive to them. So for example, I'll say something like, if you were a vessel, let's say, 
what would best contain, what is a vessel, what would a vessel look like that would best contain and support you? Mm. And so they would create an image of the vessel and then we'll go over it. And oftentimes, again, unconscious stuff comes out through that. Oh, do we want to do that right now? Well, it's so funny because when she's like, what was the vessel look like that would contain and support you? I could see mine instantaneously. And it is the meditation that I do every single day, multiple times a day. So it's probably good that I do that. What does it look like? Um, So it looks like this egg and the egg is like this kind of has the energy of like a Taurus field um, and mm-hmm. it's white swirling energy. And then it connects it the, at the bottom of it becomes like these roots that go down into the earth, to the center of the earth. Mm-hmm. And then the top of it like goes up, 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 up to spirit and spirit guides out of this dimension. Um, and it's like this egg that just like contains me with these double grounding cords, one going down and one going up. Oh, beautiful. Uh-huh. And then what, what color is, what color are the roots? You said the egg was white. So I see the egg is white. I almost see the, the roots going up towards this, towards spirit. To me, I see as like light blue, periwinkle purple and white. Mm. And then, mm-hmm. um, but like, cause like the, the, the purplish hues are kind of like in the white and then kind of like iridescent, like almost like a mother of pearl type of feel. And then the bottom is like, gets to be, it fades from like, if, if you think about like the top is mother of pearl and the center is like an actual pearl. And then the bottom, it goes from like white into like dark, um, brown tones and like earthy tones that like then form these roots that then actually, if I follow them down in my mind, they kind of grab down into the diamond core at the very core of the earth, there's like this diamond in my vision and they like, um, they grab onto that. So beautiful. So it's, it's grounding, but also like accessing a higher power. Yeah. Yeah. Double grounding, grounding with on the earth and then grounding outside of this dimension of, of Mm -hmm. suffering. (laughs) So Kate, how would you interpret that? Like how, what tools do you use to interpret that visualization? Well, unfortunately, I would really like to see it. That would help a lot. Um, but like, would you look at the size of the lines and the colors and if they're curved or if they're a little more straight and does that symbolize a certain type of emotion or how I'm interested in how you decode art? Yeah. I mean, like a lot of it is a conversation with the person. Um, because I don't want to insert my own belief system. Yes. Um, but I don't know, like, I think egg symbolism is interesting. Like you're a mother. So like, I would look at that, um, you know, colors, cosmic egg. What's that? Oh, I said the cosmic egg. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, movement. Is there like a lot of kinesthetic energy? Like, does it feel... Um, there's definitely energy being transferred through it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So there's movement. It's not very still. No. Um, the colors, I mean like that translucency, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. And like you said, a light purple. Mm -hmm. It kind of like the colors are almost like organic kind of colors, you know, it's, they're, they, yeah, they kind of remind me of like pearl, mother of pearl, like the bottom. And then the, the brown colors are kind of like the mud at the bottom of the ocean. So I guess it would be like kind of those type of colors. But yeah. I also don't really like oceans. So I mean, I love oceans in concept, but not in like actual. Like, well, what, Jenna, what do you associate with those colors? Um, 
Well, okay. So what do I associate with those colors? So I associate with purple. I actually associate with the with the pearl translucent. I just love that. I think that's like a beautiful color, and it just reminds me of. I don't know, like the sparkle of spirit, I guess you could say. And my spirit guides always come to me in shades of purple. So I think it would make sense that I would see the the lines up to them being a, a kind of purplish in hue. And then the brown, I love the color brown mm-hmm. because it's like a combination of the three primary colors. I mean, if you want to get into color theory, like I could go deep onto that because I... Oh yeah, no, that's a whole other... Yeah. Yeah. But like the three primary colors mixed together, it's like perfect balance and it's like really earthy. And so I love all those colors. Yeah. I mean, like, it sounds like, you know, a lot about colors as well, but like some things that, you know, I picked up on are this, this might be interesting. Do you have a close relationship with your mother or no? Interesting. Um, I, it's, it's sort of difficult for me to connect with her. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've heard that very difficult. And another thing is I was born in the water, like in a sack of water. So maybe that's like an egg type of feel as Mm. well. Just throw Mm. that out there. Yeah. Um, Purple tends to be spiritual. I mean, in Western and I I mean like in Ayurvedic uh, medicine as well. Um, Also, I've heard that purple can be like um, a libidinal attachment to the mother, but I don't know if that's Hmm. the case for you. I mean, like the maybe the the cosmic mother, the the grandmother, mm. like, yeah. Hmm, that's really interesting. So, what I'm getting from your guys' little therapy session here is that Kate, it's so important for you to be holding space as the investigator, asking questions, listening, rather than imprinting your ideas on Jenna, and just kind of like drawing the meaning of the art and what her subconscious is trying to express out of Jenna through the right questions rather than being, well, you drew this line, which means that you're feeling rigid. <laughs> right. It's a, it's, 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 a, it's a collaboration. And I think it would be like unfair to just put words to someone's piece. Mm, that's really great as a mother to know. I personally try to do that with Valentine. It's the whole kind of rye method where you're just narrating their experience rather than putting labels on what you think they're drawing or painting or whatever is about. And through that, they get to have this therapeutic expression of what they're they're trying to release or what Mm -hmm. they're trying to feel. And I think it's really important that parents get the language, how powerful the language is around these artistic creative expressions. Because I, I mean, I, Valentine was, he's been at about three schools this year, but one of the schools recently, the preschools he went to, I sat in for a week just observing how they were teaching and the language and all that kind of stuff. And these established teachers who had been doing it for 30 years or whatever, he had been spending 20 minutes in this focused space of creating this beautiful piece of artwork through all these different colored shapes and different shapes and putting them all together in this geometric gorgeous shape. And this teacher walked up and she was like, oh, look at that. It's a robot, isn't it? Mm. And I was just thinking, no, it's not a damn robot. Like, why would you rob him of his unique expression around what he's created? And so all of a sudden he's like, oh, is it a robot? 
And Mm. just that little moment accumulated over a childhood has such a profound effect on how a child would shape their reality. Absolutely. So I think it's important for parents to, yeah. It strips them of their sense of self. Yeah, their authentic expression is kind of rubbed from them, which yeah. is such a beautiful undertone of what, what you're doing with, with art and, and um, the people you're working with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Wow. So, Kate, tell us about oh, – sorry, Jenna, did you have a question? Well, I was going to ask, like, I'm curious to know, like, I don't know, you, you obviously can't speak about your clients directly, but, like, are there yeah. any kind of examples that you can share about um, – you know, sometimes where, uh, in a, in a, like a therapeutic story of like how art healed someone that you could tell us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I do want to preserve their anonymity, but I, just because like, it also is a kind of a sacred experience for us as well. Of course. Um, but I did do workshops. I just came back from Italy for a month and I did do like more open workshops with people. And so like I'm comfortable talking about some of their experiences and I think their mm-hmm. experiences could apply to others Perfect. as well. Um, so for example, um, I had a lovely assistant when I was in Italy and I did a group and I asked everyone in the group to create a family constellation which is basically you place yourself somewhere on a piece of paper or using another medium, and then you place family members and friends, living or deceased, around you based on how close you consider they are to you. Hmm. Um, And so my lovely assistant um, created her family constellation Um, she volunteered her image to speak about it and said that she had a really hard time with it. Um, basically she created an image of, it almost looked like, um, a starscape, uh, where different members of her family and friends were, were different dots on the paper. Mm -hmm. Uh, she was a dot in the center and her mother was a dot to the right of her, um, and her mother was the color yellow. So some things we discussed were oftentimes yellow can represent the father Hmm. and the right side of the paper can oftentimes represent the masculine. And so I brought that up to her and asked her if her mother had like kind of like a masculine energy and she said she did. Um, Hmm. And then I noticed that this young lady put another piece of paper on top of her image, which kind of smeared um, the dots. And so the dots kind of merged. And so I asked her, or she had brought up after I mentioned that, that there was a lot of merging in her relationships. And she felt like there were a lot of blurred boundaries in some of her relationships. Mm. So through that, we talked about how she could probably create better boundaries for herself. Um, so I, and I, I think she found it very beneficial. So like small things like that, I think of self-realization can then impart acts of healing. Absolutely. That was a great story that, and I think that's a great exercise too, to draw a picture like that for people uh, with the people in your life and how close they are to you. I think that's, that's a great insightful exercise for anyone to do. 
fantastic. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, let's see another thing. Um, I worked with a lot of Germans and Brits and I found some of their imagery, especially with the men to be very like black and white, or they mm. used a lot of marker, which has like a hard kind of mm -hmm. edge. So some of the discussions ca that came up were, how were they raised? Oftentimes things were very black and white, which often happen in like religious households. Mm -hmm. And then from there, we talked about like how you can then find shades of gray within the black and white and how you don't have to live in those extremes. Absolutely. It's oh my gosh. And just to make a bigger picture out of that, just like the duality sort of of this last age on earth where we've had the patriarchy and we haven't had like really balance between female and masculine wisdom and how that has affected um people and how that's now expressed through their art. You know, it's like, it's almost like their spiritual paradigm is this polarity of, of forces mm -hmm. and then how that gets expressed. You know, I've had this theory about art and like history because once I took an, oh, here comes my, my little one again. I'll have to tell you this theory a little bit later. Okay. Hold on one second. All right. Carry on, carry on. Uh, all right. Taking the reins. <laughs> <laughs> multitasking <laughs> like a mother um so Kate the, I mean this is so fascinating I love all of this and it's really changing the way I'm looking at like for instance just doodling a lot of the time I'll be on the phone waiting for someone oh, yeah. and I'll be doodling and I find myself sometimes doing just uh, like circles and circles and circles and circles and then other times I'll do huh. diamonds and be can, like a millions of little triangles and making the triangle connecting all the triangles and then that forming a bigger triangle and then just continuing to grow that bigger triangle through all the little triangles so how would you uh -oh, find I lost you, I oh, lost you Amber oh no can you hear okay. me Okay, you're back. Great. I'm. You're back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm oh, back okay, too, awesome. We're all back. It's happening. Okay. okay. So, um, a little simple idea like doodling, and whether you're drawing lots of little circles, or lots of flowers, or lots of triangles mm. put together to make a larger triangle. How would? Are there any tools or insights you could share with us that would give the average doodler <laughs> an idea to understand their their healing process a little deeper? Well, you said, I mean, like I, I doodle on the phone as well. Um, for me, um, I don't know if you can relate. I'm curious, like what your experience is, but like, it's a way to take out anxiety or, and it's also like a way for me to focus a little bit more. Um, hmm. fascinating. Mm -hmm. Me too. But it's also interesting what you are doodling, you know, like, are you, cause I often will doodle mm. a tree. Like I will just naturally start drawing a tree if I just like, I'm just drawing, you know, like huh. mindlessly. So it's interesting. Cause like, why would I draw that? Yeah. That's interesting. And I always doodle triangles. Well, it's your go-to, you, you, your go-to is triangles and your go-to is a tree. That's interesting. But why, you know? So it does, don't triangles represent the family? Yeah. But I also know that you're saying it's up to personal interpretation. It's so also like the Holy Trinity, you know? Yeah, like, but I don't associate it with the Holy Trinity. So what would it mean for me is where the answer <laughs> lies, right? Mean? What does it mean for you? Yeah, what does it mean for you? What's three to you? I think it kind of means structure and balance to me. Huh. Yeah, I can see that. 
Okay. Um, so maybe that's me desperately trying to seek some balance and structure in my life. Um, also, this is like a little bit of an interesting fact. That is. I oftentimes see in people's artwork when I first start working with them that they'll create like, let's say, three animals or three households, like a number based on how many people there are in their family. Hmm. That's so, interesting because there's three of us. Right. Mm. So I wonder if that's going to change. Yes, there right? is. There's Not really. Now. No, there isn't. That's there's true. And we'll and ma- we'll to be it. honest, I haven't really done a triangle for there's a while time. now. So <laughs> have you been doing squares? Uh, no, but yeah. now that I, I'm familiar with that concept, maybe that'll start being played out. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Self-fulfilling prophecy. Uh, That's amazing. And speaking of exploring deeper ways of healing, this is the perfect segue to tell you about this episode's sponsor, Drumroll. Can you guys do Drumrolls? I can't. There we go. Cured Nutrition, a CBD company that are doing incredible work that Jenna and I are both obsessed with and the husbands as well. Yeah. And for good reason. They have such high quality Colorado grown hemp products, no THC. You can send them to all 50 states. They have really creative things like CBD spices with cinnamon and honey that you could just put put a little of that in your tea. It's like, it really helps me as a person with anxiety balance out and enjoy my day. And CBD is not the same as THC. I have used in the past cured CBD for a good night's sleep with its calming, stress-relieving properties. And I swear to you, I have never had a deeper sleep in my life. I, Since I gave birth to Valentine, I've had this little creature kicking, shoving, doing the starfish, doing the turkey, whatever that dance is called in the middle of the night. And I haven't slept properly, but I was taking these CBDs capsules and it was it was pure medicine for me. Absolutely. They also have amazing other herbs in them, such as lion's mane, cordyceps, ginseng, B vitamins, magnesium, reishi, valerian. Check them out. They have a whole range of amazing products. Yeah, we're obsessed and you should be too. I swear by these guys. Exclusively for our listeners, Cured is offering a discount code MLF at checkout for $10 off the first purchase of $50 or more at curednutrition.com. I hope you guys love them as much as we do. Now let's get back into the squares and triangles and <laughs> all those deeper meanings. And by the way, Cured, Cured Nutrition does have tri- a lot of triangles as their logo just to like tie it all together. It's true. Oh, they've got such beautiful labels. Have you seen do. that? It's stunning. It's really, they've put a lot of intention, thought and love and everything's organic, by the way. So there's a lot of intention behind all of it. It's, and you can really feel the effects of that intention. It's gorgeous. Okay. So, oh, no, I shall we get back into oh, it? Wait, I'm go. interested, Kate, to hear your thoughts on it. Look at you here. Yeah. Oh, you got me? Okay. Okay. I'm really interested in knowing your thoughts behind how art makes spirit visible. Okay. Yeah. That's a big one. Um, so I guess I will answer that through the lens of um, transcendence. Do you guys know that concept? Oh, please tell us as if we don't. Okay. Basically, you know, just like reciting a mantra, sometimes when you're making art, let's say you're kneading the clay compulsively or you're editing a clip compulsively, or if you're performing on stage, 
um, there can be a tendency to lose oneself or to be more in the present moment as opposed to being in the past or the future. And I think oftentimes these repetitive motions kind of allow you to transcend. Mm. Um, so I think that's a form of like kind of disconnecting from the mind and like being more in touch with your spiritual or like heartfelt or body self. Um, so for me, that's more of like an experience of connecting to a greater force. Mm, beautiful. And I, I notice a lot of people seem like they're channeling. Like there's, they get into a space of art where it's not them. Obviously, you know, there's, there's part of the subconscious working through you, but sometimes it seems like something else is working through them completely not human. Yeah. I, I can speak to that. Please do. Definitely. Yeah, please do. Um, so like, yeah. So, I mean, that is often the experience that I have actually when I make art. It's like as if I'm allowing an energy or force or current to come through me that is truly not me and not thought out by me. And I mean this like in long, I, I've written long pieces of writing, entire songs, paintings where I look at it and I'm like, this, I did not think about this. Like I did not, this was not a conscious process where my mind put it together, you mm -hmm. know? And it's a really interesting experience because oftentimes I'll be like, whoa, like I, it's, it just doesn't f feel like I made it, but I know that I did. So mm -hmm. it's, very interesting. Mm -hmm. I often, I, for some reason, I, I, I see a lot of musicians in my practice. And oftentimes, or what I hear from them is that like their stage persona too, or their stage presence is completely different from who they are like every day, because they lose themselves. And they do have a spiritual experience on stage. Hmm. That's it's also like with with a lot of musicians, like especially one sorry musicians that are like you know maybe doing drugs or whatever. Because I know how sensitive musicians are. You have to do drugs in this dark dark world. But um, they they who knows what what if they're losing themselves completely? Because this is something that I think have and th all the time is like if you're losing yourself completely, what is taking over your body? Do you know what I mean? And there's all the energies in the universe are not good. So for me, I think when making art, it's really important to have a spiritual practice to see myself in the exact vessel that I described to you, like in an energy shield, because when you're in an energy shield of high vibration, you're commanding your personal space that only beings of high vibration and energies of high vibration can come through you and channel through you. If I was not in that shield, I would probably not not feel comfortable making art or being on stage and like screaming and stuff like if it wasn't me and I didn't know what energies were coming through me. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. Such a unique take on it all. I think it's also something to do with, you know, when you do lose yourself, as you said before, Kate, you lose your mind really and you're more yep. in a heart space. You're more yes. an open channel. And absolutely. Yeah, the heart has a very different language and movement and expression than the head. I think it's, mm -hmm. it allows the spirit to ex your personal spirit, not anyone else's spirit, to express itself on more of a unique, authentic level. 
Um, yeah. So it's a real heart opener. Art. It can be when you allow the rigidness of trying to do it correctly and perfectly and copy what the person next to you is doing and really let it be a spontaneous, fluid, playful exercise. So tell us a little bit about your ideas more on how it activates our heart and playfulness and how maybe parents or just humans, you don't even need a baby, can apply this to their um, days in order to help them get more in touch with their heart and their playfulness. Yeah, well, just in terms of, um, you know, art and the connection to the heart or like getting out of our, our, our minds, I think just having like a sensory or like a physical experience can take us away from like our, our thinking selves. And, you know, there's so many ways to explore that in art making and so many materials to explore. Um, in terms of what specifically were you asking about children or what? So um, just the concept of using art as a healing exercise to get us into our hearts mm -hmm. and get us into that playfulness, spontaneous, intuitive place. Right. What would be an easy exercise for our listeners to, to do themselves each day or to facilitate for their children to do each day so they can start strengthening that muscle of okay. the heart? Yeah. Um, I just wanted to like touch on the whole play concept for a minute. Um, yeah, please. So basically like, as we all know, like we're so much part of the daily grind. Um, we have a million things to do, especially you guys as mothers. So just taking time out of our days to create, even though it's such a hard concept for us to explore, really allows us more time and space to bring into our daily lives. So when we give ourselves a chance to make art and play and let go, we actually like make more space in our lives for new things to come in. And we also create kind of like new creative pathways that can also help us in problem solving in our daily lives. For example, like when we're making art, we might at some point decide to follow where a brushstroke goes, or we might decide to change something that we're making with clay. And that can also translate into like challenges that we might face like on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, Great points. Also, like we're such consumers usually, like we're always consuming other people's products. It's like so nice to be a producer Absolutely. of something to sort of like changes the, the energy when you're producing something. Absolutely. Um, I mean, like, it's also interesting, you know, to speak about like reusing and stuff to do create art. And maybe this is something you can do with your children with like recycled materials or things that they find around the house. Um, just a, a oh yeah, we're 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 all about using empty toilet paper rolls for telescopes and sneakers. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> that's that, that's our go-to. Um, bazookas is that part of the ride? <laughs> Erase. I'm I'm going to edit that bit out. <laughs> um, in terms of things you can do with your children, like it obviously like depends on how old they are. Um, from about two or three years old. And I'm like, I'm curious about your feedback as well, or like what you did with your kids. But like, I think that 
sensory exploration is probably most important mm -hmm. or like like shaving cream or sand play or water tray and then discovering like do they are they sensory seekers or are they sensory avoiders and then like how to facilitate that so that's a brilliant idea because jenna and i you've listened to our podcast before you know we're all about yeah. bio-individuality and what works for your kid and what your kid and you as a human what your unique constitution and emotional body mental body needs in that moment mm -hmm. and only you know mm -hmm. that I have a great story with Valentine he has sensory processing disorder I don't want to say disorder but he has sensory mm -hmm. heightened sensitivities and he, you know, for example, he can't wear socks with seams on them. He freaks out or clothing that's tight. He can't roll up his cuffs and food is a real issue because he's anticipating a different or weird texture or flavor. And it's all a bit much the sensory system. So mm -hmm. he also, that kind of translates into wanting to do things perfectly so he's very very into art right now and he kind of always has been but he's trying to create the perfect spider-man for example but he mm. needs to copy the picture of spider-man he has in front of him identically and then he'll color it in because he feels confident with coloring it in but not actually drawing it and because I know that he's got a lot of um, issues around trying to do things perfectly and as a parent, I feel like it would really serve him to get him used to the perfection in imperfection and his mm -hmm. own unique expression of things rather than just wanting to do it how everyone else does it. I see him working and having a bit of a barrier around that. So I start to, before we do the Spider-Man, I'll say, I've got a really fun game. I'm going to do a doodle and then you get to use your imagination and do another doodle on top of my doodle and make it into something. Mm, and he'll say, nice. okay, that's a good idea. So I'll do a little dot there, a triangle there, and a little squiggle there. And he'll get his little pencil and then connect them all and turn that into a you know, spaceship and that bit into a star. And it's encouraging him to take the reins in creating his own authentic little expression rather than just associating art and being good at art with copying someone else's idea. Totally. I mean, have you even seen art lately? Like <laughs> art is terrible lately. Like contemporary art, it's like you don't have to be good at art oh, to no, make art. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I mean like, no, what I mean is like technically, mm -hmm. you know, if you take of like the height of the Renaissance classical art as like the height of like artistic ability, trying to make figures look as human-like as possible as, you know, it's like we've sort of come out of that era of, mm -hmm. of art. Oh, and what I was going to say before when Maisie interrupted is like, I took, um, you know, art history and actual history or like history of religion once at the same time in college. And what I learned is like my theory after that is that like the art of a time period reflects the spiritual state of that time period. So if you look at like classical art, like it's all about Christendom, you know, it's all about the Bible, Jesus, Mary, like every single art is a Bible scene. Like that, that's all. Classical art would be the the classical gods of mythology. All of the art ambushed. Ambushed. We lost her. Go away. I'm gonna. I'll come in a little bit later. What? 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 Anyway. What? I. So I just. Um, okay, so ahead. what I'm trying yeah. to say. 
Yeah, go ahead. But like about the modern age, it's like starting around Dadaism in 1920, you start to see sort of nonsensical art, art that takes doesn't need to have those classical forms to still be considered art. And I think that's sort of in a way a reflection of our spirituality because it's like in the modern age, we're coming into like a godless age in a way, a way that doesn't have the spiritual center, a, a spiritual core that everyone can agree upon and then reflect in their art. It's sort of just like these random subjective feelings just sort of being like projected. So anyway, that was my big theory. Well, it's it's interesting because mm. I just uh, yeah. a couple of weeks ago had gone to the Venice Biennale, which is like a huge art fair that's supposed to be like an amalgamation of like what's going on in the art world. And what I saw a lot of was video mm. art. The digital so age. then I ask you, Jenna, AI. Like, what do you think that says about us? Oh, absolutely. We're going into the digital age, AI. It's like there's two timelines, you know, there's the organic ascension timeline that's bringing us back to the spirituality of the earth. And you're seeing that reflected in certain types of art. And, um, and then you have the false AI timeline, which is like humans and machines melding video, digital. I mean, I'm all about video art. Um, and that is a reflection of our age, you know, but Mm -hmm. I think hopefully not moving towards the, the false light, um, AI timeline yeah are you seeing that as a trend predominantly through the art scene Kate or is there other trends that you can share with us that will give us an indication of where the general psyche of the human race is at right now well it's interesting when I was at the Biennale like I felt like there was a a bombardment of like stimulus um, to the point where like my body felt like it was in shock it was too much for me well um and what with, a true with the reflection. video with the sounds yeah exactly um, what a true reflection so, of the world yes. today yeah so I saw a lot of that but I also saw a lot of like quiet and soft colors and like use of nature and sculpture and there's like you know a return to doing things with your hands with hand building and ceramics and like making things with your hands so there's also like a rebellion against it I think a a dual thing yeah Yeah. there's the two timelines you see that is interesting there's this um acceleration of duality or maybe it's just that we're living in this ai kind of existence where technology has given us the privilege of everything being accessible in everyone's face all the time so it just seems like the dualities are being heightened like as the technology and ai builds and we're integrating our lives, our every moments with that, maybe there's this return to nature and spirit and looking for the groundedness to level that out. Mm -hmm. And art is such a brilliant kind of place to see what that human psyche is going through. I I, I love that concept. Yeah. Jenna, Um, I love you bringing that up, the history of humanity. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Uh, Wow, brilliant. Okay, so we're getting close and I, I have some some questions that I really want answered. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't I, I yeah, and so much I haven't said, but go ahead, whatever you want. Show me the way. Yes, no. Um and also whatever comes to you that you feel is really kind of like you think our audience would love to know, please just like shoot it out there. Yeah, well, what's the we only have like the 10 minutes almost left. So like, I would like to know if Kate, if you feel like you have any pressing things that you feel like spirit is trying to get through you into this podcast. (laughs) 
Um, and if not, see, we'll I mean, just go with the questions, but feel free to interrupt them. Well, I want to see your trees. I want to see your triangles. I want to see your, that the egg. I'm, um, I have more thoughts on things to do with children. Um, well, if we're talking about kitties and just how we can be decoding art, because I feel like if we're able to explore tools that we can all try on, we'll be closer to becoming masters to our own healing, really. Because obviously mm -hmm. we create and expe express, and when we really understand what it is we're expressing, it releases something subconsciously. So I'm interested in knowing the symbology behind different mediums. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, so I guess I'll th what I like to do is kind of throw it back at you guys. Like maybe we can pick a mm -hmm. particular medium and then – we can talk, maybe you can tell me what kind of healing potential or qualities you think it has. Um, Great. Well, I'm remodeling an entire house right now that has taken over my life. And I have found that to be my art form in a way, because as we were talking about before, I didn't grow up with paint, like paints and canvases and coloring in things and getting familiar with expressing myself through the traditional kind of visual arts. But I've found as I've gotten mm -hmm. older that I feel um, relaxed in certain environments, uh, like my nervous system can calm down and open and I'd be more heart centered. And in other living mm -hmm. and in other environments, uh, I'm really affected and can't quite relax or focus or open up. And for me, it's the visuals of the textures, the light, the angles, mm -hmm. and the mm -hmm. colors and the balance of a room or a space. Mm -hmm. So I find mm -hmm. myself now that I have the absolute privilege for the first time in my life really to just create a space as an extension of my ideas and what creates mm -hmm. a good feeling in my body, I'm finding myself very conscious of placing intention behind creating balance and tranquility through textures and light and furniture mm. and things like subtleties in the environment. So do you gravitate towards like textiles? Yeah, I do. I I mean, Jenna will know this. I'm an absolute linen freak. I mean, no, but not just linen. Like there's certain textile things which make you go crazy, like linen, yeah, crazy. like linen or carpets, Moroccan oh, carpets. Oh, oh. I have I, this I like addiction. I oh, absolutely. Like I start, I'm I'm itching myself now just thinking about it. Like I go online and I find these vintage Moroccan, um, Persian carpet places. And I will just spend hours scrolling through it and picking out all these rugs and putting them in the cart. And then I'll just scroll through the cart and look at it and then just quickly, quickly oh. close the tab and run away. Cause I know I can't afford to spend $20,000 worth of rugs. <laughs> if Carrie comes, if Carrie comes home and finds that tab open, he's going to freak out. No, I know. He's like, what square pieces of fabric did you try by today? I'm like nothing, but it's the same with towels oh. it's the same with like napkins. Oh. Yeah. Or like I've been to that Pasadena Rose Bowl mm -hmm. market with you. There is like these <laughs> indigo dyed cloths. And <laughs> you were there for hours. You're like, Jenna, I think you need one of these on every single one of your beds. Mm -hmm. Buy 10. Buy 10. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. 
blankets, throws, curtains, pillows. What can you please psychoanalyze me? I need some help, Kate. What does this all mean? Uh, well, is it is it the patterns? Is it the colors? Is it the just like how it feels? Or I think it's the idea of accenting a space. So I see these all as accents which bring in a vibrancy or bring in a a character and or a softness or whatever they uniquely want to bring in to a space to liven it or mm-hmm. to change it, to mm-hmm. transform a space. Mm-hmm. So obviously I'm not going to paint my walls. So instead of painting my walls every week, I may want to kind of like integrate a bit of like pop of color Maybe if I'm needing to kind of feel a little more vibrant that week or maybe mm-hmm. other weeks I'm feeling too overstimulated and I want to put a throw on my bed or a linen cover that is more muted mm-hmm. so that calms me. I don't know. I have a theory. Yeah, go for it. But Kate, you could go at it if you, if you want to go for it too. No, please. Yeah. Uh, well, I think there's a couple theories in there. But like the, my first one was uh, that um, – you don't accept like you, what you, the cards that you're given as like all there is. Like you know that you, with your will, that you can sort of draw out a greater potential of like the things that are around you, which I think are is true. And then um, another mm. thing is I think that you don't um, – that you like adventure and change and you like things to be like mm. constantly moving and evolving and fresh and like, you know, so I think that is part of it Totally. Too. Yeah. And the textiles you can constantly change. There isn't like a permanence to oh, them. Oh, that's totally it. I'm totally on lockdown with this motherhood domestic life now that the only <laughs> way to get a sense of movement and adventure and something fresh in my space is like a square piece of fabric. You guys nailed it. <laughs> I mean, I also, I'm also drawn to textiles and like for me personally, I don't know if you can relate to this, but like it's like there's an element of like softness and like gentleness and like home and like coziness. Um, mm, true. And it's I love cozy things too. Oh, that's all my ceramic mug collection. I forced Jenna to buy ceramic mugs. I come over and Jenna's like, I got a ceramic mug for you, only the best, because I know you want to feel it and taste it and look at it and it be this beautiful experience. Um, Well, Kate, you make beautiful mugs too, Kate, and beautiful things. Yeah, you're going to have to send me your addresses because I want to send you guys a little something. Oh, my God. A mustard ceramic handmade mug. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah, Amber's favorite color is mustard. And Dusty Rose. Okay. Oh, and burnt orange hmm. and olive green. Hmm. They're, they're, they're well. I mean, you guys guys know the chakras. Yeah, Jenna knows them better than the I do. No, I mean you know them. It's obvious, isn't it? Yeah. So also, they're, they're, is that what you look for as well in decoding colors? What no. they're correlated to with the chakras at all? I, again, like it's so important to think about people's cultural backgrounds um, and like their ancestral like references. So again, a conversation like I have like a basic knowledge of like a historical like scholarly knowledge of like the meaning of colors and like I have some knowledge of like eastern colors but like again it's a conversation Mm, um brilliant like I I think and like Jenna you might know because you're into like archetypes and whatnot but like isn't blue like an academic color it can be um 
or hmm, academic is never an association that I've had with the color blue, but I also <clears throat> consider myself to have synesthesia. So I have very particular mm. associations with color that is, um, you know, maybe not normal. Can you express to our audience what synesthesia is? Yeah. So it's, it's ha- it, for me, um, it sort of expresses itself in two ways, which is color and empathy. There's two aspects of synesthesia, but it's basically when um, different sensations and impressions in your brain kind of get mixed. So I will have associations of color with foods. I mean, not like obviously <laughs> that could be obvious, but not in an obvious way. And also like sound, sound will sound like color, different colors to me. Sound could also sound like a taste to me. Oh, um, I have a client who had that as well. Let's see what else. I have colors associated with different letters huh. of the, the alphabet. And then the the more empathic thing is a, a type of synesthesia that I learned about called mirror touch synesthesia. And it's actually when the mirror neur- neurons fire when they witness something. So if I see somebody going through something, I, those actual mirror neurons will fire so strongly in my brain that I will feel physically as if it's happening to me. Wow. If that makes How sense. How do you, it, it doesn't overwhelm you or are you able to like, um, Oh my God, I'm constantly overwhelmed, mm. constantly overwhelmed. I realized that I've lived my whole life in a state of overwhelm, trying to pretend to or like be normal. Do you know what I mean? Like just be normal, but like other people are so easily able, not, not that's easy wants to, to be normal. normal. I don't think that's mm-hmm. true, but I think, I know, but it's just like, I am in a constant state of, um, complete sensory inundation mm-hmm. and uh, overwhelm. <laughs> and it fills so up it sounds my bucket like art for you. Sorry, so Kate, you, tools- you go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, no, please. no, you go ahead. Go ahead, please. Oh, no, 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 I'm sure we were on the same <laughs> part. I was just saying it sounds like art would be like a crucial remedy to be able to release mm-hmm. that sense mm-hmm. of constant overwhelm. Oh, yes. I mean, for art, the reason I make mm-hmm. art is because I have no choice. I really have no real ambitions. I just have to make art because I am so, um, I would say like my bucket is so full and I have all these thoughts, feelings, and emotions that are running in my head. And it's so, it's this intense connection web of colors and sounds and, and connection of dots and all of this. And it's like, it's in me and it feels like it needs to be expressed. It needs to be like popped, you know? So it's like, well, I'll express some of those emotions through art. And those are the times when I feel spirit is coming through me. I feel like spirit's coming through me and washing me of all of this, this energy and it's coming out of my hands and it's going into the art. And I'll look at the art that I made and I'll say, this expresses all of that. It puts it all so poetically in, into this visual. Let's say if I'm doing a painting or if it's a poem, then into the poem where I'm like, how did I in so few words and so few brushstrokes, was I able to encompass such a complex and intense mix of feelings, thoughts, emotions, colors, all of that, you know? Um, and so it allows me to get some release, relief. Um, what I would recommend to you just to kind of like, you know, close it off a little bit, your experience and not leave it so open to maybe do this witnessing process after you've made a piece to just write down what you see and then maybe say it out loud. Yeah. That'd be so great. that there's just like a beginning, middle and end. Mm-hmm. Um, or another interesting thing is to write down adjectives about what you see and then put I am in front of the adjectives 
and then you've identified completely with your piece. It's a part of you. Oh, that is such a brilliant tool for people to use. Okay, I feel like that is the perfect invitation for our listeners. Do do you want to repeat that and deliver it as an invitation that our listeners can try on if they're wanting to exercise healing and a little bit more, um, you know, expression of their subconscious or traumas or whatever it may be that they need to release? Yeah, absolutely. Um, create an intention, create an image of the intention. You can even forget what the intention was, just create. And then write down adjectives about your piece and then put I am in front of the adjectives. And I think that would be a good exercise for everybody. Oh my gosh, that's so brilliant. I love that. Uh, You have to tell us where we can find you, where people can get sessions with you, what you're up to. I know you're hosting beautiful workshops and classes and all kinds of fun things. So how about you just, you share with us how we can all get involved? Sure. Um, You can find me on Psychology Today, Kate Rosenberg. You can also find me at katerosenbergtherapy.com. All of my information will be on there. Um, and, or if you want to buy a piece of work, which is a completely separate area, um, you can find me at Kate Rosenberg's Kate Rosenberg works.com. Um, and I also sell pieces at a store called 4510. So amazing. You're up to such brilliant things, Kate. And I know you are a busy lady, so thank you so much for coming and spending some time with us today to share with our audience. And that was what you guys do is so beautiful. That was real. I have such. Oh my gosh, my appreciation for art and understanding of what art is has shifted to such a more accurate, (laughs) a more accurate place. It's it's invaluable, and we are create we're beings that were designed to create so thank you for helping us understand the importance of of art and the deeper meaning of it and how we can use that to heal really was such a pleasure thanks kate thanks kate it was a pleasure thank thank you guys absolute pleasure so if you enjoyed today's episode we would really really appreciate that you showed your appreciation with a five-star review sharing this episode if you feel like someone in your life would really get as much out of it as you did please share it leave us a review send us a suggestion if you're really itching to get a certain topic under your belt that we can cover for you get in touch with us and we hope you have a brilliant week and we We really appreciate you. Thank you for being on this incredible journey with us. And we're looking forward to having you with us next week. So bye for now, everyone. Bye, guys. 